0: Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, we win championships, they lose them. I don't know what Nick Casario can do. I know what Deshaun Watson can do. He's your Ayala Van Zant. He can fix your life. You want a to fix your life? Hire Eric Bieniemy. I'm not letting Auntie risk it all because Lemon Pepper Lou want to go to the strip club and get him some wet flats. They can't get ahead of me, Grandma, Mama, whoever. No, no, and no. I would
1: like
2: to see him go because I think he's a great player. Man, yeah, I think he's great for the city. I just hope he stays. I did did get the second dose, all went real well. I felt great with the first one, no issues, and I felt good with the second one. The NBA could do probably more good if they adopted ways to voice that and reinforce that than something like what he advocates. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our
3: part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three...
2: And once again, our mighty ship is back on
0: course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad to have you aboard. If this is your first time, we certainly uh, invite you to hang around. Become a part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade community. And if you're coming back, hey. We appreciate that as well. Great show for you this time out. But first, I want to remind you of a couple of things, especially for all of the folks who are tuning in for the first time. You can go to the WadesWordProductions.com website. That's WadesWordProductions.com and uh, peruse the site. Catch up on past episodes. Get to know me. Get to know us. Get to know the vibe and what we like to do each and every time out. Also, you can call the sports line 24 hours a day. It's three That's 832-941-6614. And you can leave a message, ask a question. You can make a comment. You can complain about something. We have a lot of feedback about Deshaun Watson these days and other things. We heard a lot about James Harden and all sorts of things. 832-941-6614. In addition to that, on social media, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group, on Facebook. You can be a part of that community and we post poll questions and a lot of stuff is posted every day. J.M. Keith does a tremendous job. She posts all the time. So many others. Charles Rayon. So many others. Arthur McBride. A lot of folks post. Uh, Carl Smith will post. All A lot of folks will post on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. And finally, on Twitter at Wade's Word. W-A-D-E-S W-O-R-D. Well, this time out, I gave him a little bit of time to mourn, Eddie Robinson joins us. His New Orleans Saints lost over a week ago now. So we gave him his time to mourn, so we'll talk some Saints and some Texans and other things With him, of course, former NFL player and part of the special teams unit. In addition to that, we hear from you guys on the sports line in the We the People segment, and we'll hear what you guys have to say. I'm going to hit you with some headlines. Also, going to uh, climb aboard my soapbox, possibly, but we'll definitely, most definitely, have. The Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode and of course uh, as I said before the conversation with our guy E-Rob 50 Eddie Robinson with that let's get right into it with some headlines in headlines, well, it's all about Deshaun Watson here in these parts in the city of Houston as Deshaun Watson officially, <laughs> officially requests a trade. W- what does that mean, officially? So until they – I mean, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, what made it official? There's no sanctioning body for trades. There's not a I request a trade department in the NFL. So I don't know what that – that's some ESPN stuff, I guess. But nonetheless – Despite the fact that David Cully, which, again, that the lead is buried there. The team has a brand new head coach, but that's not the story. The story is despite the new head coach, an African-American coach, David Cully, 65 years old. He uh, is coaching, getting a head coaching job for the first time. We'll delve into that because there's some issues with that unto itself that, has its own issues. But back to Deshaun. Deshaun clearly wants all the way out. Now, I put some feelers out there to see if he wants to come on KTSU Sports Talk. If you're listening to the podcast, we'd love to have you. We can keep it all the way real. We can keep it 100. (laughs) I mean, whatever you want to do. But he still wants to be out. And it boils down to the things that uh, were promised to him and the culture within the organization. And it's just... Now it's just like a feeding frenzy. Organizations from all over the NFL are trying to figure out, according to reports, are trying to figure out how to put together a deal to get Deshaun Watson and what he is worth. We've talked about it for weeks. And most people want the organization to get it together, but I think hope is lost. And folks are ready for Deshaun Watson to go to greener pastures. And I think that this will hurt the organization in a major way major way they look tremendously incompetent they look really bad how do you take a guy like him this is a good good guy and you have a i mean on the field yes a rising star and his growth maybe has been stunted by bill o'brien i would say definitely it has been stunted by bill o'brien but just a a great guy on the field great great guy in the community You couldn't ask for, I mean, my imaginary daughter. You'd be like, okay, that's the kind of guy I want my imaginary daughter to marry. At least, you know, from what we know publicly of him. He's that dude. He's a good, good guy. He was at a high school basketball game the other night. High school. He's not flossing. I mean, he does a little bit of whatever all these younger athletes do, but not too much. You don't hear about his lifestyle being anywhere near similar to that of James Harden. If if that matters to you, it didn't matter to me. I mean, I really don't care about that. But if it matters to you, he's the kind of guy that, uh, hey, he is the guy that you want to be the face of your NFL franchise. No doubt about it. And you alienate this guy, and you alienate the fan base, and you waste the Hall of Fame years of J.J. Watt, and you waste some years of a superstar quarterback. So uh, I'll get your thoughts on that, A 3 2 9416614 Now the other part of that is the actual hire itself. The hire of head coach was uh, David Culley. He's a NFL veteran through and through, many many years in the NFL, never been a head coach. And most folks were like, hey, just like Jill Scott, who is David Culley? And he was the first African American quarterback at Vanderbilt, and his hire was the only one of the seven this offseason that went to a minority candidate, to a well, to a black candidate. And of course, Eric Enemy shut out again. But on the surface, the David Culley hire is still questionable. I look at it like this: this guy is taking the gig. It's like a Bill Guthridge hire. Do you remember? I don't know if you know that. This is a cross reference to basketball, college basketball. Bill Guthridge, he was the assistant coach in North Carolina for 30 years. And towards the end of his career, he had two or three years at North Carolina to be the head coach. But 30 years, he was on the sidelines. He was an older guy. I think he was, uh, what, 70 years old? or No, what was he, 60 years old when he got hired. He was 60 years old when he got hired and really had some success. But more than anything, it set him up for his retirement. He earned it being a good soldier all those years and the first lieutenant for Dean Smith, and he got to hold that seat for a little bit. And this is a a thing, I look at it as a a pension thing for this guy. 65, you know, he's not going to have a 10 year career coach. I mean, who knows? But I don't, you know, you think, okay, he's coached all these years. He may not have been as ambitious. I don't, I've never heard him even interviewing for a job. So I don't, I don't know. But he was the passing game coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, here's the problem with that. The Ravens were last in passing offense. <laughs> in passing yards offense, they were absolutely last. Now, we know oh, it's because they can run the football and Lamar Jackson is so good with his feet. But again, they had 2,919 yards. The Texans were second in the NFL with 4,800 yards. So you hire a guy that is a passing game coordinator for the last-ranked offensive passing team in in the nfl as it pertains to yards that's not good <laughs> now again there's maybe no indictment on him it's more about the philosophy in in getting what you can out of lamar jackson i, I don't know what the thinking was behind this hire what did he do or what can he do that eric b can't do so i mean so i have my questions there but also he walks into a situation where his staff is just about, I mean, his offensive coordinator is already picked for him. Luke McCowan, who interviewed for the head coaching job after being signed to the practice squad as a quarterback, he's likely to be on the roster. Pep Hamilton is on the roster. Lovey Smith is anticipated to be on the roster. So, But, I, again, what are we really, really doing here? I, I don't know. I mean, you talk about David Culley coming from Baltimore Ravens. You know which quarterbacks passed for less yards in the NFL among starters? Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, and Carson Wentz. You know who had more passing yards than Lamar Jackson? Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, and Drew Locke. So this is this is the guy you got. I don't know. I don't know if this will uh, be an indictment on his skills or not, but everybody, I mean, of course, all the accounts are. He's a great stand-up guy. He's a guy, a real positive guy. He's, I mean, hey. But what is cool in the city of Houston is that all three coaches for the major franchises are African-American. Now, again, that is a big, big, you know, a big step for a city in the South. And so, you know, from that standpoint, you have Dusty Baker, you have uh, Silas for the Rockets, and now you have David Culley. Now we know that, I mean, Dusty came back to sort of uh, be a stopgap. He'll be here for a couple years and had some success, went back to the ALCS in an abbreviated baseball season. Silas, jury is out. He came into a bad situation as well with the guys that he came to coach Leaving on the, on his way in, they were on their way out. And that's exactly what happened. And that's probably what's going to happen here. But in the city of Houston, what a depressing week. Uh, really a depressing year. <laughs> Calendar year. You lose, what, Garrett Cole. You lose George Springer. You lose DeAndre Hopkins. You lose James Harden. You lose w- Russell Westbrook. You lose. Uh, probably you're gonna probably lose J.J. Watt. You're probably gonna lose Deshaun Watson, and uh, it's <laughs> it sucks. It sucks for the city of Houston. But I think the damage is irreparable for a lot of fans. A lot of fans. Now they'll have their their share. But there are a lot of folks who will not fool with the Texans because again, they took a hit when they didn't take Vince Young or Reggie Bush, instead opting for Mario Williams. So that is – there were folks, especially, you know, across tracks, that were not feeling the the Texans uh, for a long, long time after the Mario Williams pick, and for me – you know, I've never been on board with this organization. I, I'm telling you, I used to catch criticism for being so hard on the Texans because everybody wanted to be like, oh, we finally have a football team back, and thank you, Bob McNair, for bringing a team back. Well, if you're going to bring a team back, bring it with the spirit of this city, which we we try to win. We want to win. We expect to win. People will say we're not that demanding in Houston, but yes, we're, we're demanding. We want winners like any other city, and when they win, we turn out bigger and better than any other city, I'm telling you. But what you don't have is when you're losing, you're not going to see the jerseys in the airport. You're not going to see a lot of that all the time if you're not winning. So we'll have to see what happens with that. couple things. Of course, we have our Super Bowl matchup, and I've been arguing, well, I argued a little bit about, Uh, Green Bay, the Green Bay, the end of the Green Bay Packer, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. But Aaron Rodgers opted not to run and Matt LaFleur. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Why in the hell would you not go for it on fourth down? I mean, it makes so little sense to go for a field goal. Field goal does nothing unless he had money on the spread. I, I don't know. But nonetheless, Tampa and, and Tom Brady going back to the Super Bowl and Pat Mahomes, he was healthy enough, and they got it done. Um, we'll get more into the, the the NFL matchup of the Super Bowl uh, probably either later this week or next week before, definitely before the Super Bowl. You can also give me your Super Bowl picks for the next episode as well, 832-941-6614. A couple of somber things as, uh, since the last time I come to you guys, uh, Hank Aaron passed away and he was 86 years old. And I had an opportunity to go back and spend part of last Saturday watching the tributes on the MLB network. And I have to say like Hank, I do never remember Hank playing. I was too small when Hank wrapped up his career. So I didn't remember him playing. And he was not a flashy kind of guy. I wonder, had I been a contemporary of his, would I have been a huge uh, Hank Aaron fan? But you have to applaud the consistency. You Never hear, hitting 50 home runs, yet being the all-time leading home run hitter until Barry Bonds. By the way, Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling... No one else got into the Hall of Fame this year, so they had the balloting for Cooperstown, and no one made the cut. There will be no Hall of Famers this time out in baseball. But Hank Aaron passed away; just a a, a legend. I know that hit Dusty Baker really hard. He was, uh, you know, a young player underneath Hank Aaron and idolized him and said so, and even spoke at a memorial, a virtual memorial for him the other day. So that happened, and also. TSU. Great. Hall of Famer. Michael Strahan. Good morning, America. He has COVID. He has COVID and he's doing fine and he should be back at work in no time, according to uh, reports. So he he's good. But he does have COVID and a veteran NBA journalist and somebody who was on the SWAC advisory board, Sekou Smith, veteran writer, journalist, Atlanta General Constitution, the Clarion legend, Jackson, Mississippi, been around the NFL, the Hang Time podcast, uh, NBA TV, died of COVID, 48 years old. So it's, it's real, and it's that's a devastating loss for those in that small, small community that is uh, the NBA and pro basketball. So all of those things are going on. A few more things are going on. Rockets won, uh, have won three in, uh, in a row, and now they look to play with all three guys. Victor Oladipo, also Christian Wood, and John Wall will all be in the lineup for the first time together tonight. So that will happen tonight, and a big win for the Philadelphia 76 I watched the end of that game. Boy, they almost gave that one away, but that happened as well. For more content, go to WaveWordProductions.com. Time for We the People. The We The People segment is when I hear from you guys either through poll questions or on the sports line. The sports line is going to be fire. It's growing. And I'm hearing more and more from you guys. But the more we hear from you guys, the more interactive it feels. And it just, I get, I feed off of your energy. And it just, everybody else feeds off of what you say. Maybe they agree, maybe they disagree, whatever. Uh, But again, call that line 24 hours a day, 832 941 6614. We love the phone calls. Let's see what we have on the phone line this time out.
2: Devin Wade, what's going on? It's your boy, Nate Jones. Been a while, hope all is well. Just calling the time in on the, the Deshaun Watson, Houston, Texas situation. Man, I can't tell you how happy I am that this young brother has requested to get out of get out, get out out of Dodge, man, because if he stay here, he's just going to be another Andre Johnson, another Arian Foster. Just another elite talent, I would say, down the waste. And I don't want to see that happen. I'm glad D-Hop got traded. I was happy when they traded him. They did the right thing for him. They didn't do the right thing for the Texans, but they did the right thing for him. And, you know, people say the Texans don't care about black players. Well, to me, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, honestly, it it really don't even matter. They're not there to care. They're not in business to care about black players or white players or really anybody. They're there to care about that bottom line. But if you ask me, to me, when they traded D-Hop, they cared about him because they could have kept him here Made his life a living hell. So I'm glad he gone. I'm glad Deshaun is is ready to get up on out of here. But, yeah, I just want to see him go to a, a better organization, which is pretty much every organization in the NFL right now besides the Jets. Yeah, that's my take on it, man. I've been I've been a non-fan of the Texans since 2002, since they came up with that, that creative name that they got, because I'm sure that was hard for them to come up with. So I'm going to keep rooting against them. And, uh, yeah, man. Go Design, Free Design, man. I'm 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 work on some Free Design T shirts and we're gonna go ahead and get him out of here to a better team, man. Go everybody that's playing in Texas
0: want to thank Nate for checking in. We certainly appreciate it. I'll tell you what, he's uh, he's nothing if not interesting. He always brings the fire on his phone calls, and I enjoy his uh, his takes. And I will say this. There is a lot of sentiment around some of the things that he said. There is a – and I've always said this. They only liked a certain type of black player. I mean, and again, you, you hate to even get into those sorts of discussions, but we know – If you listen to Arian Foster's podcast a couple years ago, he talked a little bit about it. It's pretty much known some of the things that McNair has said. Uh, We know that uh, there has been a change in the way the front office looks. But but I don't even want to go that far with it. But I will say this, that I don't think that they do like a certain type of outspoken player. White or black, but especially black players. I mean, look at Dwayne Brown. When he spoke out and said something, he was out of here. Arian Foster was not a guy who was easy to deal with for them and when they could they they parted ways with him and uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins is another guy who I don't think that they perceive I mean you heard some of the stuff the baby mama coming all of this stuff comes out of this organization and it's something that if you don't if it's not tangible but you feel it it's still real and there's a lot of perception out there uh, that the team is like that I have not look I like the team colors I think they could have done something different you obviously you Always wish that they could have kept the Houston Oilers. You always wish that they could have kept that name uh, and that those colors, uh, because there's a nostalgia and a connection with that team and that uh, what they brought to the city uh, that no other franchise. I don't think no other franchise. You think about love you blue and when the when the Oilers were at their height. No other team captivated the city uh, like the Houston Oilers did. And the Texans had an opportunity there, and they just kind of have dropped the ball periodically on several occasions throughout the team's history. So, you know, again, free Deshaun, yeah, a lot of people feel that way. And, And, again, it's no slight on him. And it's interesting when you think about this in Houston. You are probably going to boo James Harden, but you will cheer George Springer and you'll boo Gary Cole, and you'll cheer for Deshaun Watson. Do I have that right? I don't know. My Houstonians, y'all, you let me know. I think after some time, I think we can get away from hating on Harden. Maybe we don't have that perspective yet, but if you think about what Harden did do for the city, making it relevant, making it a destination, I think you have to, over time, get over the ugly ending and appreciate what he did for the city. Let's see what we have next on the phone lines.
1: Good morning sports talk with Devin Wade. This is Dave Shepard. I'm just calling to say, man, when you have a player of that magnitude and he wants out, you got to trade him. But what's on my mind is this is the kind of stuff where a team needs to be sold, and I just hope they that they don't move because it's too many players and it's too many people that's mumbling. We're not hearing what the real... The problem is, but this is a situation that could possibly get real bad. As far as the new coach, I can't really put anything negative about him. Just don't know about him, you know. And and for the problems that the Texans are having, it just seems like you would want a more stable and established guy to come in, you know. So those are my thoughts. You know, you all have a great day. Bye.
0: Appreciate you, Dave. I uh, certainly appreciate every time you check in and keep those calls coming. Uh, you know, he talked about the stability of the organization. I don't think that there's any instability there. I mean, I think that financially they're sound. I mean, they're making bad Football decisions. I don't know about other areas of their business, but as from a PR standpoint, and from a a player relations standpoint, and from a football standpoint, they've done a lot of really, really dumb things recently, and and really gave control to the wrong people. And it seems like the wrong people have too much influence within the organization. But there's some bad, really bad organizations, and this sort of speaks to what Nate talks about. He talks about the Jets, but the Washington Football Team. I don't know how many people in the houston area and other parts of the country really follow how chaotic things have been with daniel snyder the owner and the, the sexual harassment allegations and the the sexual misconduct sort of that cloud over the organization lots of litigation lots of complaints it's a lot going on and on top of that they really did not want to change the name redskins Despite being uh, being lobbied for years and years and years, they ignored that they had no sensitivity. It was only when their sponsors threatened to pull out after really the Black Lives Matter movement that they succumbed to corporate pressure. So I mean, when you talk about what happened in those protests, that had reverberations in corporate America, and hence now they're the Washington Football Team. That's a bad organization. You look at how many players wanted to get out of Jacksonville, and Gakwe got out this year. Jalen Ramsey got out. This team was in the AFC Championship a few years ago, and they ran that team into the ground. And now they have Urban Meyer. Who is? He's not the picture of health always. And you have what you assume will be Trevor Lawrence leading the way for that team. But that's been a, a horrible franchise. The Jets have been horrible. So, while, yeah, it doesn't feel good. We we are the laughing stock. We here in the city of Houston are the laughing stock right now. These other teams have been bad for a while. Let's see what we have next.
1: How you doing? A great way. I was just calling just to um, let you hear my voice. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing, and God bless you, man. And um, I hope you make it to the hour. It's Coach Haywood, and it's good to see you. Well, it's good to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully I'll call you and and we can converse. That's the best.
0: That's my guy, Coach Haywood. Hadn't talked to him in a while. And I'll tell you what, man, he's a really, really positive guy. What what I like about Coach Haywood is that uh, he's positive. He's not going to lie to you. <laughs> He's going to keep it real. And you know what? I really want to hear him call back and uh, give his takes on some basketball stuff because he was a, a hell of a ball player and he knows his basketball. So next time, Haywood, call us with some uh, some basketball takes. I'm going to get your take on what's going on in and around the NBA. So call us anytime and we'll catch up. I will make it a point to reach out to you. And uh, uh, Coach Haywood is like many people who are just now finding the podcast and what I say to all of you all who are just now finding it, hey, go back and listen. Get a large sample size so you can see the variety of some of the things that we do. Some of the things are recurring, and like the Lamont Award, and uh, some guests are, you know, we work guests around, and we've talked a lot about different things other than just sports. I know most folks tune in just for sports, but this it's just not me. I have to get on my soapbox from time to time with that going to take a time out here from our sponsor cobank homes and our resident dj dj anarchy on the mix this is the sports talk with devin wade podcast anywhere you get your podcast Welcome back. Music from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. The guy is from Virginia. And we talked about Virginia a little bit the other day. But he's based here in Houston. And uh, it's a vibe. He does his thing. And you can look for him on SoundCloud and on Instagram. Check him out. on He's on Twitch, too. He's one of the, the Twitch people. So he's on Twitch. Check him out. And if you get an opportunity, when it's safe, uh, I mean, and I went to one thing that he had outdoors and i could have been surrounded by 10 uh, foot poles cuz i kept my distance but i wanted to go out and support him on uh, a day thing he did but he's uh, he's around town doing his thing and if you feel safe and you exercise all the precautions which most places that he well i'm sure all the places that he performs uh, they practice safe distancing and masking and all that good stuff but yeah check him out and if you have music you want played on the podcast Genre doesn't matter Whatever kind of music We will uh, We'll play it for you We'll play a snippet At the halfway point And an entire track Or an extended portion Of a mix For all my DJs We'll do that Just hit us up Music At wadeswordproductions.com Email us Music At wadeswordproductions.com You know One thing I did not mention was uh, the LiberPay account that we started? We started something so that we could get financial contributions for those of you who felt moved to do that. And uh, at Liberapay, LiberPay, L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y, uh, go there. dot com, liberapay.com, Go there and look for the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page or group or whatever, and you can make a contribution. Any size or any amount is just fine with us. You can make a one-time contribution or you can make something weekly or monthly or annually, however you want to do it. But it helps us to come to you. And this is my word unencumbered. We can, we can come to you with as much content as we can produce. I think we talked about uh, 60 plus shows and 60 plus hours of programming last year in 2020 That was with uh, no sports for a lot of uh, the uh, 2020 year, calendar year. So, uh, yeah, if you want to do that, thebeerpay.com. Speaking of which, Darlene Humphrey reached out to me, and I'm not familiar with her. I hadn't had contact. She hadn't called the sports line, although we invite her to do that. She wrote me a little note. And if you've made a contribution and I've not mentioned your name, it's not that I have overlooked. I just want to have permission from you guys that if you gave, I can mention your name, but Darlene wrote me a note and she says, and she's from Denver, Colorado. She says, Hey, Devin and sports talk crew. I'm writing because I made a donation to the podcast. Yay. She wrote, yay. (laughs) I have long commutes to and from work each and every day. And I've sought out random podcasts and I came across yours. Now I'm saying yay. Yay. I'm glad you did. Uh, she goes on to say, I'm not a huge sports fan, but I love all of the little things that you do. And I love the Lamar award and I love the political conversation. Most of the time, most of the time, I don't know what that means. Most of the time, <laughs> I don't want you to get specific as long as it's most of the time I can deal with that. And then she goes on to say, since it's still January, and I am on my new year's resolution to give up my morning pastry, I thought, why not help your podcast at the same time that I'm sticking to my resolution? Normally, I have a pastry or a muffin or a bagel every day, and I wanted to cut carbs and sweets. And so far, I've been able to do so. But it's still January. Ha ha ha. She wrote in parentheses. <laughs> so which i love the the, like the subtext i love love that so i decided with all of the money i am saving on bagels and muffins to make a small donation to the podcast it's not much but i just wanted to show my appreciation for a podcast that entertains me and helps me get back and forth to work keep up the good work and how about those denver nuggets how about those Denver Nuggets, Darlene? Yeah, um, not off to the start that they thought they would have out, coming off of life in the bubble. Jamal Murray not shooting like he did uh, prior to, well, what he did in, during the playoffs and in the bubble, which he was just a super duper star then. But it's still early. We'll have to see how this season comes along for those guys. But yeah, keep, uh, keep up the good work of uh, sticking to your resolution. All right. Don't believe I'm saying this, but, hey, put that cinnamon roll down. (laughs) No, hey, but I appreciate the contribution. And if you want to, again, liberapay.com. With that, going to climb aboard my soapbox. When we are together, we got power. And now it's time to get on the soapbox. Hey! This time I am climbing aboard my soapbox for what else? The vaccine. You know I've been big on this thing, and I know there's some people like I'm not taking. And I and I look, I'm not telling anyone to do anything, but I wanted to get information out. That's why I had my cousin on the last episode, and that's why I had to call him because the day that I released the podcast. Hank Aaron died. And the first thing he said, well, oh, he had a COVID shot 17 days prior to. And so I had to call Alex back. And I said, hey. (laughs) <laughs> what are you hearing? What do? you? And he, so he did his research. He sent me some stuff and basically he said, well, you know, obviously if it's 17 days after the vaccine, it had nothing to do with the COVID vaccination that he got. Uh, and that had nothing to do with why he died. And, and you know, you hear these rumors about, Oh, this, that, and the other. Well, what, this is what I know. 20 million people have taken it. And I'm trying to get on the list because I want – look, I just want to return to normal. I want to have an event where you guys can come out and we can do a sports talk. I I have a bunch of people that I'll have come out. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, but I'm ready to do that. And then I'm going to do Texas Southern football. I'm going to have to be out a little bit more. And I want to make sure that we are all safe. It doesn't make any sense that we have, uh, you know, 430,000 people dead from this thing. And then you lose a person like Sekou Smith and so many others. So many others have passed away. And, uh, it's totally avoidable. So that's what I'm kind of on my soapbox about. Hey, we, uh, when I can get the vaccine, I will, I'm not going to preach to you guys about doing that. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I hope you do it. Okay. (laughs) I mean, and again, I will report to you. I have uh, my uncle, my elderly uncle, Alex's father-in-law, he had his shot. And, uh, he's so far so good. Alex has his other people are telling me about their experiences. So I will relay that information good or bad, good or bad. I will relay that to you guys. And I will, I will go Facebook live when I get my shot. I'm going Facebook live when I get my shot. How about that? But I don't know how long before I'll be able to get it, but I'm And and the other thing about it is a lot of people getting caught up in this. I'm not going to take it. Well, do you know that there are people who are cheating and cutting in line and trying to get ahead of elderly people and other people who really need the shot? So there may be a day when you decide to change your mind. I don't know if 20 million people will do it for you. I mean, what, you need 100 million before you will take it. But you may not be able to get it. So if you can get it, don't. I, I always say, don't let the smooth taste fool you. With that, uh, let's get into a conversation we had with our guy, Eddie Robinson, former NFL linebacker, a New Orleanian, and uh, just an all around sports fan. He's our European sports nerd and part of our special teams unit. Here's Eddie. Hey, back in the building, we certainly appreciate it. We gave you an adequate amount of time to mourn your New Orleans Saints. You know, you know, I back off. I didn't, you, if you notice, I didn't text you, I didn't call you for a week. I gave you your customary, what, seven days to do? Nah, hey, trust me, If if you've been a long time Saints
3: fan like me, the the running joke was, man, look, I'll pay you this ten dollars when the Saints win the Super Bowl. That, that was all a run. That was always a running joke as a kid and as an adult until we got Drew Breeses and 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 Sean Pate. So, as long as we got that one championship under our belt that they could never take away, bounty gate or not, we still have we still have some pelts on the wall. So, it wasn't uh, obviously disappointing, but at the same time, it don't take long to get off a lo- over loss as a Saints fan because you kind of. In the back of the back of your mind, you're thinking, hey, we've seen this song before. You know what I'm saying? I'm, to be honest with you, I'm more disappointed that we don't have Mardi Gras. <laughs> you know? So the good thing about it is after, after all of those tough losses, usually Mardi Gras starts within another week to 10 days, Mardi Gras season. So, I mean, I was just down in New Orleans this weekend and it's, I, it, it should have been parades and second lines and... But it's nothing. All we have is king cake. So, but, uh, you know, I think so, uh, the, look, the big thing about the Saints will be, you know, what what is Drew Brees going to do, you know? And so I think that's what that's what has everybody on hold right now.
0: It seemed like he was done, but even if he's well, – let, let's assume that he is done.
3: Let's if, assume, if, yes.
0: If, <laughs> was this New Orleans' last best chance to win a Super Bowl because now – a lot of moving parts here. I mean, you have a premier receiver who wasn't healthy. He disappeared in the divisional playoff game, but then you find out, well, he really was hurt. Drew Brees was yeah, hurt he, more, he, so he needed
3: a surgery. Yeah, so he was just he was just trying to push it and and do what he could do. But I mean, now nah, if you we if you look at the last couple picks, the offensive line is intact took care of the free agents last year. So to me, I think the Saints need probably maybe a little more help in the secondary, maybe a a quality big-time tight end. Like most of the playoff contending teams have a legitimate big-time tight end. I, I thought, I think I think from the tight end position, we're just not getting it done. Ever since Jimmy Graham and, and Jeremy Shockey left, it's just always been, you know, with an offense that features a lot of throws down the middle, you you need that tight end and a lot of underneath throws and we've had some, you know, serviceable guys. I think we had Ben Watson one year, and then uh, this year we we had we had this year the guy Cook, that, that Cook, had the that, yeah Jerry yeah, Cook, Cook, who Cook. actually has yeah. had
0: good seasons in the NFL. He's blah,
3: not, blah blah he's blah. blah. Yeah, yeah, he's not a he, premier team. He's been he's been consistently inconsistent in the Saints <laughs> uniform. It's like very great play. It's like, uh, you know. But I mean, yeah, he, he he's he's had his moments in the Saints uniform. But I would like for us to get you know, that Kelsey type of guy, you know, you, you gotta have, I mean, the
0: NFL, well, where everybody kinda, wants a Kelsey guy. It ain't no Kelsey well, guys out there. Well, but this is the there. thing
2: we,
3: we started, the Saints started the trend by having the Jimmy Graham was the prototype. And so, but once we, once we traded Jimmy Graham, and everybody else got them a Jimmy Graham, and we never got us another Jimmy Graham. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but we started the trend with having the the basketball player. Well, you can go back with with Kansas City and, and of course, with San Diego. Some other teams had that guy, too. But we had, you know, Jimmy Graham was like the modern-day young gun guy who was really stepping up and making those plays and showing what, what a mismatch you can have from the tight end position. But once you traded Jimmy Graham, you never. But we're we not going to turn this into a Saints rebuild show. (laughs) But the the bottom line is this, from a Saints standpoint, I mean, you're either going to go Taysom Hill or Deshaun Watson, or you're going to go with Jameis Winston. So I'm, of course, you know, whoever they, I think any three of those quarterbacks can be successful in that offense. The good thing is the whole team is intact. So you still got Kamari, you still got Mike Thomas. I mean, you, you have all of the play. You got some young wide receivers, the offensive line's intact. Defense can, you know, always because we need to probably some backup linebackers and stuff like that. But how
1: about
0: another (laughs) running back? I mean, I know you you have uh, Latavius Murray and then you have Kamara, but they, they like to do so much with Kamara, you do want that workhorse back. Uh,
3: Well, yeah, that's Latavius Murray. I mean, this offense is always, even even from the times of Pierre Thomas, we've always had two running backs. So it's always been a two-running back system. We've never just featured one guy. Kamara is, of course, the feature guy, but you still need that guy to do the dirty work. I mean, you got Mark Ingram who may come back into the fold. You never know, but you can... Realistically, that that second guy, you can draft a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder at the SEC. To me, any backup, any guy who was a backup running back in SEC and made it through five years of SEC football, you're gonna be a good pro. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So you if you practice with Alabama for five years and you the backup to the starter. I'll draft you in the sixth round and I'll bet you you're going to be a good player. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why I look at. That's how I look at a backup running back and then and it has to be a special teams guy. So so yeah, that's not that's not a problem but I think I, I feel like with Drew Brees of course all of the great things he did underneath obviously him throwing the deep ball was an issue so the next quarterback you get will probably make the offense more explosive because he'll better throw the deep ball but then you're going to be a little inconsistent underneath so we'll just see it'll probably end up as a wash, and you'll be in the same situation as as you were now, which is winning another division championship, and you're going to have to figure out a way to win in the playoffs. So I think that's the – the Saints are at that point now where we know we can win during the regular season. You just have to win in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, so they have a lot of moving parts, and we'll have to see what happens moving forward, especially at the quarterback position for them. Now, we just can't – we're coming off a weekend in which we had the AFC and NFC championship games how about Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay not going forward in that situation? What were your thoughts on really just the coaching and and the big gaffes that they made down uh, down the stretch at the end of the first half and at the end of the game?
3: Well, I thought Tom Brady made the biggest gas. I I mean, he I mean, this guy here and and I'm like neutral on Tom Brady. Uh, so I I'm I'm answer your question by start with Tom Brady. So I think in my opinion, he's definitely one of the top five quarterbacks simply because of his success rate. But from a talent standpoint, definitely not one of the top five most talented quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But you can't argue with his finish. So it's not many times. I mean, Jameis Winston was had to be sitting at home like, he threw three touchdowns, three interceptions, and he still gets to go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> I was doing that the whole last year, and I didn't get nothing. So, so when you look at it like that, uh, Green Bay had chances to win because of the mistakes that Tom Brady kept making, but they just couldn't take advantage of it. And in, in the end of the game, the coach has to understand you put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hand. Now, everybody jumped on the coach. You should have went for it on four down. Well, yeah, Aaron Rodgers should have ran the damn football on third down. He would have scored or at least got to the two yard line. And at that point, it would have been an easy decision for the coach to make. But it is still one of those situations where In the end of the day, you have to go for it just because even if you don't get it, they're backed up on the 10. If you stop them, you still get a chance to then go forward and get the two point conversion again. And chances are at some point you would at least score maybe the two. I mean, they had the two point conversion on the other one and the guy dropped it. So, I I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you got to ride with with him. and He was kind of warming up at that point. Give the guy another chance to
0: throw the ball. So, well, let's get to what I really want to talk about. And obviously, the Houston Texans Uh-oh. have a a new head coach. But that the news in the headline is still that Deshaun Watson. Has whatever officially requested a trade means? I don't know that you can uh, officially request a trade. Um, I'm sure all along. Once he said it out of his mouth, it was official. But uh, what are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson and just this this horrible franchise over there on Kirby? What what what's going on? In in your opinion?
3: Yeah, it's a bad situation because you, you're talking about a team that wasn't far removed from winning the division and uh, competing in the playoffs. With a with a quarterback who you figure over a ten year career would definitely lead you to a Super Bowl, but now it just seems like it's it's all going to crap, and is and is going to crap pretty fast. So we'll see if they can get it turned around. But I don't, I just, it's it's tough right now. I mean, I, it's almost you you gotta get what you can get for Deshaun Watson. And I was saying last year that they should have blew everything up and started to make trades and and rebuild the roster. And I want to say you
0: said everybody but
3: Deshaun. I said everybody but Deshaun. So now it's like now Deshaun's leaving too. So, I mean, (laughs) if you're you're a Texans fan, man, those PSLs are looking like, man, how much much can I sell these things for, (laughs) you know? Because it looks like it's going to be some lean years, you know? And if you look at your division – you know, Jacksonville with a number one pick, I mean, they may get a Trevor Lawrence and they you know, have a good running back. If you look at the Colts who are, who are, who are made the playoffs right in there, you look at the Titans. And so you're, you, I mean, you can be at the bottom of the division for the next five years. like and, and that's like no joke. That's not me,
0: you know, being anti-Texan. That's just looking at the facts on the table. Yeah, because if you don't have some security at quarterback, I mean, look at the teams that really have had success and still have question marks. You have Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago <laughs> who went to the playoffs and he's going to be gone. You have Carson Wentz who had some success and he's gone. You look at Jerry Goff who his team went to the playoffs. He he is likely uh to be gone. Matt Ryan is another guy likely to be gone. So I mean it's hard to solidify that position and now, now
3: that, and now that may be What you just explained, uh, all of those quarterbacks, and some are still pretty good, that might be the saving grace for the Texans. If you can get two minimum, maybe even three first-round picks or two firsts in the second or two firsts in the third for Deshaun Watson, and you can sign one of those other quarterbacks. Then at that point, although that quarterback may not be at Deshaun Watson, you can drastically improve the rest of your roster. And, and actually, if I was the Texans and I got those two first round picks, I'm trading them and I'm going down and getting a second and two because they need they need quality young players because you're not going to win this year. Yeah. Get a get a boat full of qual- I mean, you should draft 12 players this year if you're the Texans easily. I mean, because you're just looking at stacking picks. You take, you get rid of the first-round pick that you have or that you're going to get, and then you get two seconds or a second and a third or a second and a fifth, whatever, however you got to do it just to get more. Because the draft is a crapshoot. It's not a big difference from the guy who goes 25th and the guy that goes 50th. You know, either one of them can make the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm <laughs> so you just So you just pick the best ones that you can and pick numerous ones at the positions you need, And and some may make it, some may not. You pick 12... And six of them make. If you get six starters out of this one class in 2021, hey, you're well on your way to building a good team. And it may not take you five years to do it.
0: Well, what do you? How bad do you feel? Or uh, a couple people, I want to ask you how you feel about Cully, who's walking into a situation where he's 65 years old. He's just now getting his first head coaching job. And now this, and then you name. Look, you already have almost damn near your, your whole entire staff hired for you. I mean, is this just yeah. a dead coach yeah. walking? As far as uh, you know, is he already on death row as a coach? Yeah, it's, it's almost like you 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 you
3: kind of put a. He's a transitional guy. It's it's almost like you you kind of did with him what the Astros did when they hired Bo um, Porter. With, well, not Bo, but even Dusty Baker because you, you hired a – at least Dusty had a resume, but I don't think anybody expects Dusty to coach for the next eight, nine years. You know what I'm saying? Just right, because yeah, of his right. age. Right. So it's the same thing with this guy. I mean, you he's a he's a first-time coach, so if he hits and, and does great, then good. But if he doesn't, he's like, hey, you know, he's an older guy. We gave him a chance, and then, then you move on. But you're definitely not locked into a guy that's 65 and it's his first-time coaching. So, I mean, first time being a head coach. I mean, yeah, great opportunity for him, and you hope he does well. I, I hear that they hired Pep Hamilton today, so that was like the latest news. The quarterback coach uh, from Howard University. So, I mean, I think that's a gr- that's a good news. I mean, that I don't know if that's a maybe this will help Deshaun stay thing, but I mean, the the consensus is that Deshaun is gone no matter what, and so we'll see if if he's sticking to that or if he has a a change of heart i mean sometimes take a little money you know a mm-hmm. little, little green can sometimes change a man's mind but we'll see here, here Boy, he, got his money. Goes.
0: So, yeah, he has his money yeah. um, so i want to ask you about eric b enemy i mean because the Rooney rule really the texans were the first team to fire a coach the last one to hire a coach and they were the only ones to hire an african-american coach what what do you say about uh, that situation with the Rooney Rule and Eric enemy. how does he not get a job? How does Say, Eric yeah, yeah? So
3: if, if if I can be candid, it sounds like a whole bunch of bull. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, and, and and it sounds like bull from the Texans and bull from the NFL. It's almost like and and I'm a conspiracy theory guy, I'll tell you that up front. So, oh and yeah, I, I know. I'm, and I'm conspiracy theory on all levels, you know what I'm saying? From <laughs> from UFOs to Atlantis to everything. So, <laughs> so, so, not just the NFL. So, but it almost seems like the Texans were the team that said, "Hey, you know what? We need to have we need to have at least one black coach hired in this in this whole transition of coaches in 2021. Can you hire a black coach? And then they just got got a serviceable guy. And maybe not the best guy. Because you have Leslie Frazier. You have my guy that got fired from Detroit. I forgot his name. Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. I mean, you you got Eric Biennemi, who definitely deserves a chance to be a head coach. I mean, you even got a Pep Hamilton. If you're talking about giving young, innovative, offensive coaches a chance who are totally unproven, that's Pep Hamilton. So who's been around a lot of different places and, and and has excelled as a coordinator and a quarterback guru. And you have a Deshaun Watson. Maybe you hire a Pep Hamilton as a head coach and he can bridge that relationship with a Deshaun Watson. So-
0: well, see, I think they hired a black coach because of Deshaun Watson. But to me, if, if you're going to do that, <laughs> because remember, you know, uh, uh, some of these coaches that they interviewed, I mean, they uh, they interviewed the, the black GM, Louis uh, Riddick, and they interviewed right. Jim Caldwell and a few others, and, but they were late getting on B enemy. And then they weren't, they didn't want to talk to B enemy until Deshaun Watson got upset. And then I think, right, but, I really well, think that so they thought t- if they hired a black coach, Deshaun would be okay. Right, but it's
3: but it's almost like you're kind of pacifying me. It's almost like you you you're pissing on me and, and 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 you're telling me it's not raining. And so and I'm I'm sure that's how Deshaun feels because if you look at Eric Bieniemy and I and he's a personal friend of mine. I I played against him. He came into the league two years ahead of me. He's one of my fraternity brothers, so I know him on a personal level. We're not best of friends, but like I know him, know him, and he's a, a was a, a great teammate, a great locker room guy. We didn't play together, but just scrimmaging against them playing against them we would always scrimmage the charges and getting fights with them and, and all that he's he's a tough nosed guy he knows football he's been tutored under one of the, the the greatest coaches of the last 20 years in kansas city he's gone to back-to-back super bowls he's a former player et cetera et cetera et cetera, et cetera. so what else would you want in the coach so why doesn't he deserve a chance to be a head coach and, and i don't care how he interviews I mean, he he's a college graduate. He went to Colorado. I mean, he's a smart guy. So, my, you're good enough to be a head coach. So, I mean, well, maybe you're not going to be on all the H-E-B commercials. I don't know what the knock is, but you're good enough to be a head coach. And for him to not to get a chance is just is, is shame on the NFL. And then to come back and just hire a, another coach who's who's a who's a black guy just because, then it's kind of like, eh, and and I don't know all the ins and outs of of what where why and how, but in the end of the day. It is is not really a good look for the NFL or the Texans in my opinion I I don't like it I think it stinks and and me deserves to be a head coach now i mean I haven't talked to him so he may have Turned him down. Maybe he didn't like the opportunity, and he said, you know what, guys, I'm going to decline because y'all have but a whole lot of stuff going on. Yeah, but and maybe, that think, is, maybe that is what happened. I but don't how, know.
0: But what, wouldn't you think that the Texans would wave that like a big old flag saying, hey, we offered him. He didn't want it. You know, I mean, wouldn't you – because you're saying, hey, we tried to accommodate Deshaun, and his, his guy didn't want to come here. I think it would have leaked if he had it turned down the job. I really do think that would have leaked. So I yeah, th- do possibly
3: you think so, so that that I, I don't I don't like I said I don't <clears throat> think that's what's happened but I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt.
0: Do you think there's something we the public doesn't know because you I, I, I can't explain it. No, you, there's no way to explain this situation. But what you mean, like something? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I don't know what it could be. I mean, what we're talking about conspiracy? Like, is it something that we couldn't, that the public doesn't know, is the real reason why he's not getting a job? I, I don't understand. Well, it, I
3: mean, put it like this: if, if you're coaching in the NFL and you've been offensive coordinator for, for a couple of years, if, it, if it's something in your resume or bio they prevention. know it right
0: that's what i would yeah, think.
3: It's, yeah it's already out doesn't I mean you know
0: yeah yeah you know, I, I would think so yeah yeah i yeah i just right. had to you, throw it out there because i just don't have a i don't there's no logical reason why this guy
3: i mean well, it, it seems it seems like these 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 head coaches they want to hire somebody that's more of a a ceo than an old school head coach like i don't think john madden would have made it as a head coach right now they would have never hired him because yeah. he would have been too like, hey, guys, we're going to come out here and kick some ass. And I don't think they want that guy. They want to, you know, hey, welcome. <laughs> Although you saw the kid,
0: that, not the kid, but the guy in uh, in Detroit, Campbell, top my biting kneecaps. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw yeah. that or not. That was crazy. A crazy introductory press conference. So final thought before we get out of here, because we're going to get your Super Bowl stuff next week. We had this okay. we had with two weeks, so we, we have time well, to break well, I, down the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, week, that's real no, easy. Anybody it, well, that's playing against Tom Brady. But anyway, go ahead. Not, <laughs> no, no so, spoiler. Alert. Ba- bas- basketball <laughs> question. The Rockets have gotten hot of late. What, three in a row they've won? And tonight they'll have all three, Old Depot, Wood, and John Wall, all on the floor for the first time. Uh, what do you think about the Houston Rockets?
3: Well, I'm going to have to go home and watch because I have not watched a complete Rockets game yet. So, and I'm a season ticket holder for like ten years, and just haven't, uh, just haven't been interested in bas- basketball. So I'm, I'm yeah, gonna warm up yeah. to it. So let me watch it, and I'll give you my opinion.
0: Hey, man, <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate it. And like I said, I uh, you you can you can wear the gold now. I know you've been wearing black the next last eight days for uh, for uh, eight or nine days. For yeah, morning, but I, I'm
3: wearing black because there's no Mardi Gras. Trust me, <laughs> understand why
0: is why it's going on. I've been
3: over the Saints.
0: And, and tell them how to reach you on social media. Uh, it's at EROB50 on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, man, we appreciate you. Like always, no problem. For more content, go to WavewordProductions.com. I want to thank Eddie. We always enjoy him. He's our guy. Hit him up on EROB50. That's at EROB50. And uh, check him out on Facebook and Twitter. And just let him know. Uh, show him some love and let him know that you appreciate hearing him on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. With that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you
2: no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preserver and a
0: school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy Of the podcast. Now, this one was supposed to happen last week, but it got bumped because we ran a little bit long. But this time out, it is Jared Porter, the former general manager of the New York Mets. Now, what did he do to get the Lamont Award? Well, it seems as though Mr. Porter is a bit of a perv. The report read the New York Mets general manager was fired for sending a female reporter graphic and unsolicited text messages in 2016 while working for the Chicago Cubs. He was just hired to be the Mets general manager in December. And of course we're not even at the end of January and he's already lost his job. So that's bad. That's really, really, really bad. ESPN details how Porter At one point, sent the victim of the harassment 60 messages which were ignored before he sent a picture of a penis. He says it wasn't his, which makes this even weirder. So you sought out a picture of of male genitalia and you said that this is what you wanted to send Someone who didn't respond to one, to two, to three, but to 60, 60 text messages. Now, I would just, you know, I just kind of want to get into the mindset. Like, what was that like? Like, what was the ascension? What was that journey to the 60th and then the 61st text message? Like, what was really going through your mind? 60 seems like excessive, even if you're drunk. But I just want to know, like, what did you think, okay, we're building to something? Oh, now we're playing the game. Oh, yeah, this is the cat in my... You did a little Pepe Le Pew on her, huh? Which, that's one of the many cartoons that have been pulled that played in my childhood. Now they realize, oh, that, Pepe Le Pew was a me too. Okay, <laughs> Pepper Le Pew was a real, real perv, and there's no room in our society for any Pepe Le Pews, uh, at least uh, you know, without retribution and some sort of uh, counseling and punishment for that behavior. Such is the case with Jared Porter. I, I don't know. I, I guess it'll be a civil situation with this one, but uh, he didn't go as far as Pepe Le Pew did, because Pepper Le Pew, uh, he. Pepe Le Pew did a whole lot more than text messages. Although he probably would have been a mean texter. But Jerry Porter, come on, man. You can't go around doing that. And it's bad if it's yours, it's worse than somebody else is going to tell you. Whatever the case, he's going to pay dearly. He's already paid. It cost him probably his dream job. It's just another example of, man, did you not get the memo? I don't know when this was cool, but it's not cool anymore. And for that reason, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing funny about this story except that like what was your thought process? Like how did you get there? That that's my whole thing. Like, what what was the builder? I just don't I don't understand. It's a terrible thing, and I'm sure that like I said, she will see. Uh, sort of uh, financial restitution. And I hope that everything works out for her. You don't want, you, you know, that's just a, a horrible thing to be a victim or something like that. Unsolicited. And uh, I mean, she really worked to try to derail, like rebuff him in the appropriate way. And that's a, it's a hell of a thing, but it cost him a job and uh, baseball and the New York Mets had zero tolerance for this. And uh, speaking of which, and we'll get more into the domestic violence case, that happened with the seattle seahawks we'll get into that next time i will devote some time to that or whatever you want us to talk about hit us up 832-941-6614 with that before i let go before I let go I want to thank uh, E-Rob 50 I want to thank Eddie Robinson I want to thank our sponsor Cobank Homes I want to thank all of you guys I want to thank Darlene for her contribution on Libera Pay Again I want to remind you guys hit us up at wadesworthproductions.com and Libera Pay look for the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Page Sports Line, of course I've given out the number 10 times I'll do it again 832-941-6614 I want to thank all of those who took time out to call Nate and Dave and my man Coach Haywood all of you guys but more than anything I want you guys to remember these four things number one
2: I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening two I ain't got no money three I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice and four
0: bye (laughs) this has been the sports talk with Devin Wade podcast remember you can follow him on twitter at Wade's word thank you for listening